Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Career Insights 501. I'm Dr. Loso, and today we have our special guest, Chris Beltran, here. He is a Chris. What are you? Uh, you're a product designer. Is that correct? Yep, been a product designer for about six plus years or so now. Okay, so welcome to the show. Um, Chris is going to talk to us about a lot of good stuff. We had a little chat before the the show, so we're going to have a lot of good stuff that we're going to talk about and share with you all today. So welcome, Chris. Thanks. Glad to be here. Um, so go ahead and give us a little bit of a background about yourself. So I know you you got a car that you're you're reworking on, you're fixing up, and you um, you got a lot going on. I was looking at your message on on Polywork, and I was like, dang, this dude is is into a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, kind of all <laughs> over the place. It's kind of a characteristic of a, a designer, I guess, so to speak. Um, so I have tons of hobbies. One of them is my car. You can see some parts behind me. I don't know if you want to take a look at them. Uh, I have a 73 240Z. been building that for years. Actually, this is my second time storing it. But career-wise, uh, again, like I said, I've been uh, now a senior product designer, doing it for six plus years. Kind of fell into it. Um, did a little bit of teaching uh, at UC Berkeley's Education Extension Program. Uh, taught a bunch of UX UI design with a bunch of students. Went through about uh, a couple of cohorts. Uh, I still mentor those students to today. Uh, so they're working on places at like uh, BlackRock, AVAX, uh, Salesforce. Uh, I used to work at Wells Fargo and Etsy, I think is one of them. Uh, I worked for a couple of startups, did my own agency kind of experience for a while. Uh, and while I was doing that, I um, found myself really, really loving uh, what I did and I kept uh, kind of pushing forward, got into design system work and uh, found myself working at this uh, company called Robert Half. Pretty cool experience. Uh, so I got to, you know, basically uh, see what it was like on both ends of the spectrum. Did the whole startup and entrepreneur life, um, and I also, you know, do the enterprise stuff. It's a little bit about me. Cool. It's a nice little intro there. You know, explaining everything that you've done in the past is quite a lot. Um, were the students that you taught were they college students or high school or like middle school? No, they're actually good questions. So um, a lot of students that we taught were, you know, people transitioning careers. Mm. So they didn't happen to be college students, uh, I mean, uh, high school students. Some of them were still college students um, in different fields, and they were just interested. You could just think of it as like a boot camp. Um, okay. And so we had a lot of people, even all ages. You know, we had, uh, I think, one of the oldest people there in the group was about 65. Uh, and one of the younger ones was, I think, just turning... 19 to 20, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we had you know people from all sorts of backgrounds, teachers, photographers, and it was really good to see them kind of grow, um, just to learn everything about design, design thinking, um, how to use the tools, how to make cool mm -hmm. stuff, you know. So, did was there a common theme um, or reason as to why those people were coming in to get reskilled? Um. That's a good question too. So a lot of the reasons that I think that they came in into design was a conception that design is gonna uh, somehow transform their lives to get a tech job, make some money, you know, feed their feed their kids, you know, to support their families, and yeah, that for the most part it is a very attainable thing. Um, mm -hmm. But there's a lot of uh, legwork that has to happen to get there. Um, 
And so I was, you know, really adamant about guiding the students and even helping them out, kind of paving the path for them and saying, this is the ideal, you know, uh, path that you have built in your mind to get from point A to point B. But in reality, it's full of ups and downs. Only you are going to be able to kind of go through those ups and downs because there's going to be times where you hit failure. There's going to be times where you hit success. Um, you just got to power through that stuff. So, um, yeah, for the most part, they um, some were transitioning and some were just exploring. Mm. What would you say were some of the bigger challenges that uh, those people faced when they were trying to switch over from one career to the other? Um, I think some of the biggest challenges that those people faced were, um, well, let's just put it this way. There's many challenges that those people would face. Uh, it's getting the foot in the door is by far one of the biggest challenges uh, that I see happening to newer junior designers coming into the field. Um, and to be aware of those challenges are, um, you know, not only your skill set, but um, knowing how to communicate with the right people, knowing uh, exactly what they want to, I guess, hear or know from you, but also being able to back it up with your skill. Um, and those skills go beyond just knowing how to make something look good. You know, mm -hmm. it goes, it goes all the way to how, you know, you make somebody feel comfortable being in the same talking spaces as another or, you know, same spaces sitting right next to them. Um, yeah, so like those soft skills. Yeah, you got to really focus on that. And the big misconception there is like, oh, I got to get my portfolio up. I got to get my first client. I, I got to learn 3D design or whatever it may be. It's like, wow, those stuff, those stuff will get you, you know, eyeballs, but you got to carry the conversation somehow. And mm -hmm. you got to put in the work so that you can be able to carry those conversations. So let me ask you about product design or being a product designer because I feel like that could be a lot of different things now. So in my mind, if I had heard that term outside of my, my current job, um, I would mm -hmm. think like toys or kitchen appliances and things like that. But in this digital world that we live in now, there are also digital products. And I know you're a big user of um, Figma. And I've had a little exposure to Figma. I think it's more so based off of user experience or UX, Figma. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So what exactly is product design? Product design can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> so we can just start there. Uh, you know, to some, it's, it's the whole UX, UI, uh, user experience, uh, user interface design. Um, I think product design how it has morphed over time to where it is today uh, actually encompasses more than just digital products. Um, you get things like industrial designers that are mm -hmm. working with still digital uh, assets, but they're working more on packaging. So the stuff that you're talking about, toys and whatnot, those are just different aspects of design and can live under that bucket of product design. But within the field that um, we're primarily talking about right now, Product design encompasses user experience, user interface, and what people don't really actually uh, realize is it also encompasses a little bit of product management. Mm. So they don't really talk about that in any of these boot camps, in any of the um, 
uh, programs out there that product design this, product design all, they usually focus on the first set and they don't really focus on the second. Um, previously, it used to be UX, UI design, and the industry likes to change names every five or six years, and product design is now taking place of UX, UI design. But what they didn't realize is they've attached uh, um, another subset to that. Okay. I didn't know that it had morphed. I thought that they were like three different mm-hmm. three different things, so that's, that's good to know. <laughs> um... So could you explain to the listeners, maybe not necessarily what your day today, and we, we can talk about what you do, but you're, you're like, you're a senior, so you're like an expert at it. Um, so I'm okay. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> if it's somebody looking to like get into product design or, you know, a college student that's trying to get their first job, like what would that day in the life of typically look like for them? Hey, this is Chris Beltran, and you're listening to Career Insights 501 with Dr. Loso. All right. Well, it ain't that glamorous. I'll be honest with you. So <laughs> when I was working at a, at a bigger name company, depending on which level you're at, because if you're more junior, you're going to be given, give, it's basically like pull a ticket, go to a meeting, understand what's going on, and then you're going to be basically uh, triaging that ticket. Uh, a lot of the, the stuff that you actually need to design is going to fall with somewhere within the design process. And I've been saying it a couple of times here. But I think the, the best thing here is understanding that sometimes you're just going to need to do some design uh, based off of some of the feedback that you get from your product manager or some stakeholders or you know, a combination of engineers. Um, and then start iterating on that and representing it uh, when the next session is. Uh, that's pretty much what it is day to day. I'm simplifying a little bit, but I mean, if you want to talk about like, you know, what you're really going to be doing throughout the week, because that can be a little bit different. Some days it's just going to be meeting heavy. You're going to get about like five to six uh, meetings, five to six hours of uh, meetings. And then you'll have about a couple of hours in between sprinkled to do your work. Um, you'll also have like a, a, lots of opportunities to uh, experiment. Uh, but unfortunately, that usually happens at the way at the end of the day when you're kind of done with your stuff. Uh, and then sometimes sprinkled within uh, during those weeks uh, or what we call week or two week sprints, you'll also have uh, some sort of like uh, critiquing. So basically you'll present your designs, the background behind them, what decisions you made, why you made those decisions. Uh, just bringing in context of you know what you're designing uh, and why you are going a certain direction versus another. Uh, and in those meetings, you, you really have to uh, you know, put that ego on the back burner. Uh, put, you know, don't even think about it as like uh, a jab to you or your profession or, or whatever it may be. All it is is, uh, you know, people are trying to build the, or design or build the best product that they can. Um, and so it's just like a collective goal. Um, that's sort of like a day, day-to-day life um, kind of thing. That's more of an, uh, you know, enterprise, big environment, mm-hmm. which you get the, you know, but as far as doing the freelance thing, that's a whole nother beast. Mm-hmm. That's like those, everything. The, well, those days are a little bit different. You know, uh, those days you could be working straight up with, uh, with uh, you know, like sometimes it'll be a CEO. Sometimes it'll be uh, uh, another product designer on the team or maybe an engineer that you're working with. And uh, the feedback loops that you're getting with these people are a lot faster. 
So it's more of just a, a hands-on approach. Sometimes we'll be designing in the same meeting that you're talking about uh, problem solution space and you're trying to combine it with some of the metrics uh, that these people or insights that they can offer you because they know their business better than you. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the biggest part of, again, product design and day-to-day -day work is actually understanding the problem and working through that problem space with the applicable people in the room. Um, and then after that, it's coming up with the nice solutions and, you know, nice designs that can delight the users or, you know, get them from point A to point B. Um, that's pretty much a day in the life. Uh, at least that's what I go through. It could be different mm -hmm. for everybody. But. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you all have like daily stand-ups when you're in these big enterprise? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. The big, the bigger, the big companies usually like to process things out a lot more. Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes you won't get that as much in uh, kind of like younger uh, stage companies. So I pretty much uh, kind of group them into different buckets. Any, any smaller stage company is somewhere between one and maybe like 50 to 100 people, right? And then anywhere between 100, 200 or so to about like five or 600, probably about medium stage. Anything over like 600 plus uh, is going to be, you know, considerably larger. Those are your biggest stage. Enterprise obviously is can fall anywhere between, you know, 750 up. Um, mm -hmm. But usually the bigger the places they'll have lots of stand-up. So you'll have your daily stand-up, come in, do your thing. Uh, it's kind of like a quick check-in with everybody. Um, you know, what you worked on the day before, the, any road, uh, roadblocks is primarily the, the probably the most uh, important thing to get out there. Mm -hmm. um, since everybody's all in the same room, um, they can quickly address it and then either send you an email or you know, be able to find you a way to get around those roadblocks. And, and I wanted to ask too, because I feel like this might be an issue with product design, because I know it is with instructional design, but is it one of those careers where um, working in a big corporation as far as um, like the design and what works best doesn't necessarily um, get taken or implemented because somebody else doesn't like it like that? Yeah, that happens a lot. I've experienced it. Um, so things like that are going to happen regardless, any place you work, whether it's a design field, if you're a construction worker, mm -hmm. if you're, you name it, anything. Um, I think the biggest, uh, kind of thing to take away from that is that the people that you are essentially selling your design to or your skills or whatever it may be to need to understand the value that you bring and the reasons of why you're making those decisions. So uh, quick story time is I, I had a, uh, uh, a project that I was working with, um, let's just say at uh, my most previous company. And, uh, you know, we needed to have, I would wanted to implement a spanning uh, of uh, uh, selection dates for like a calendaring uh, aspect so that, uh, the recruiters can have conversations with the uh, book up you know, conversations with the uh, candidates because Robert Half is a staffing company. Mm -hmm. So the recruiters only had a couple of different ways of contacting their client, their candidates. Uh, and that was phone call, email, text. Uh, but there was no self-serve uh, kind of like portal or self-service option for the candidate 
to schedule that appointment. Mm. Uh, and you know, when we're going through these designs and understanding the problem space, we got to the point where we were finalizing the design and um, engineering decided that they couldn't implement one of my designs uh, due to technical reasons and uh, would take uh, vastly longer um, because it was just too hard to implement. Um, now, as a design perspective, I'm like, hey, this is came from the design library that we have for this design system, and it's baked into it. Why is it that we can't implement it? Mm-hmm. And I want that was me pushing back to understand, like, what is it that we're, I don't understand. Like, what is it? And the engineering said, well, it's because, um, you know, how, how it's shown in a user interface through the design system is different than actual implementation. And there's act, those are actually custom commands. So basically, it was a calendar, again, kind of like a date picker kind of uh, component where they'd select, you know, day one or, you know, week one of March or something. And right. I wanted it to span through um, the second week of March or something. And they couldn't do that. So I think recognizing that even though you want to design the most uh, efficient and uh, pleasing user experience as possible, you're going to hit roadblocks with somebody wants to go a different direction design, somebody cannot implement it because it's technically difficult or some other fashion of politics. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd like to say that you're doing a good job if you got to a point where everybody has said, this is great, but technically we're, we're not there yet. So let's go back to the drawing board and let's focus on this one piece because they are sold on the rest of the flow by that point. So um, you're going to hit those, um, you know, hit those roadblocks. And it's a part of any field. It's just part of the part of the process. Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree. It's a lot of that. I know with my job, I was telling um, you know my managers that mm-hmm. I feel like the different cross-functional teams need to come together and just kind of like explain what we all do because mm-hmm. I feel like there was not enough understanding as to um, you know, how this team works or what they actually do. And it's kind of like, to your point, you know, it's like, well, why can't you do this? Or why can't we do this? And there are reasons behind it. And you don't necessarily know because you don't Mm -hmm. really understand what the other teams that you're working with to create a product, um, have as far as restrictions or resources or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do want to go, ahead and jump into your story more you know you you share some interesting tidbits early on about you know your educational background and i guess your um motives or your the reasons that made you so determined to go out and be such an awesome dude so you can go ahead and (laughs) (laughs) let me go back to way back way back way back (laughs) (laughs) um so, so I guess you would say it is, uh, let's just put it this way. Uh, I ended up in design by accident. And I, I didn't mean to be a product designer. I didn't know what UX UI was when I was 18, 15, 16. You know. I started to understand a little bit more about that type of stuff uh, in my early 20s. Um, the only reason why I fell into it somehow was 
I wanted to do t-shirt design. <laughs> I wanted to make clothes, you know? Okay. Uh, there was a couple of hats I made, shirts that I made for friends. You're going to drop um, your Etsy link in the um, comment section. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've got them on my, I got a couple coming in for my, my lady. She, I got her, made her a shirt just the other week. So I still do it just for fun. I don't, I don't okay. sell any, it's just for, you know, friends and family. <laughs> um, but yeah, I started there and, um, I guess a couple of years later, I guess after, during, towards the end of my stay at college, I was actually went for college for uh, business administration. Way different from design, <laughs> you know, very, very process driven. It was a good thing that I went because I got to understand the business perspective of things, but um, design was always something that was always stuck around and kind of like towards the end of that, a buddy, um, he gave me a call one day. He said, hey, come down to San Francisco, let's go get some drinks. Sure. So we started trying to look for places to get parking in San Francisco. What were you all drinking? Oh, man, I, I, can't, tell that. I can't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Back then or right now? Because I'll tell you what I like right now. <laughs> Taste the same. What do you like right now? <laughs> uh, I like Palomas. Palomas are very good. Okay. You, you ever had that? You ever had Palomas? I don't think so. I'm a shots guy. Oh, you're we should have had a happy hour um, session where we just, I you think. You need to. That would be yeah. fun. I or, know. Just have a beer, shots, whatever it may be. Exactly. That would yeah. be fun. We'll, we'll I would be back that. on for that. Yeah. Have me back on. Okay. <laughs> you gotta let me know if I can say certain things and other things. <laughs> oh yeah, this is no hold, no hose barred on this. No hose barred. Oh yeah. my god, why you tell me now? <laughs> why you tell me now, man? I'm over here drinking kombucha and trying to stay healthy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you could have told no me. No hose barred. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna keep note of that. Okay. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's it's a funny thing. So we went out to drink. We weren't drinking Palomas. I think we we're probably drinking some sort of like rum or Hennessy or something. Like I don't know what we we're drinking. Mm. But I uh, went to my buddy's. Uh, went to this, this place called Dr. Pete's in San Francisco, right on Mission. Um, and as we we're driving out, my buddy he came up with an idea. He's like, "Man, why can't I just park at that dude's house over there? Why can't I just do it?" And this is around the time that Airbnb was starting to blow up. Mm-hmm. And so me and him, he was more of a, a finance type of dude. I was getting out of college for business, but he knew I had a little bit of design chops, like a little bit, and I mean like barely anything. And he's just like, hey, man, we should try to start something. Being ambitious, 20-something-year-old, you know, early on. And uh, I was like, yeah, sure, why not? I'll do, so I'll do the design stuff. All right. And, uh, you know, just with that basic idea, I got into Y Combinator Startup School. There's a story behind that. It's crazy. So, I mean, if you want me to go in, I go in. <laughs> We're definitely going to have to have you back on. <laughs> it is crazy. I mean, And I mean, there's still forums out there with my name on it because of how crazy things happen. Anyways, uh, so we came up with this idea. I designed it up. And uh, I really, really liked it. I stuck with it. Um, had to put up that idea about a year and a half into it. Um, ran out of steam with, with cash and uh I needed a de- another developer at the time. My previous developer ended up working for uh, Asana. Um, and mm. so it was kind of difficult to get my back up on my feet after that. So kind of reverted, pivoted, and then I found it myself continuing with design, small clients, big clients, and uh, then ended up where I was today. Uh, there are tricks of the trade, though, to get there. So this is a trick. You need to put a pin on this. If you're a junior developer or junior designer, sorry, junior designer, put a pin on this. The best places to look for jobs, okay, is going to be in, oh, no. 
Uh oh, I lost you for a second. We got you. But I was about to say the best places to look for jobs as a junior designer is a couple places. Twitter is going to be your best friend, one of your best friends. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're back. We're live, everybody. Um, so you were saying that Twitter is a good place to look for jobs? By far. So I, I, I say luck is in there, but no, it's not luck. So it, it's actually just getting your name out there. And the best place to do it is just keep creating. Keep creating, post it on Twitter as much as you can. I feel like the industry has changed. And a lot of designers, specifically five, six years ago, were leveraging Twitter as much as they can. I feel like that has now changed back to what I remember as when I first started to as well, was leveraging Discord channels. Okay, so go online. There's tons of Discord groups for design. Join them all. Okay, you're going to go see in this, this one good thing I want to point out. You're going to go into these uh, design chat, design, design discord servers. They'll have like a, usually a jobs section where companies usually post up in there. And that's the best place to get your foot in the door. Not many designers do this. I do not know why. I have no idea. Junior designers, right? mm -hmm. they're like, ah, I've been applying for jobs. No, 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 no. You got to go where the top talent is. Where are the top talents? They're having conversations. Where are they having conversations? Either on Twitter or at Twitter that allows them to go into these Discord servers. Within these Discord servers, these companies are posting and these companies are looking for people, you know, mid, senior, all levels. That's how I was able to get a bunch of my clients. That's so interesting. I hear people talking about Twitter all the time and how it's a good place to look for a job. Um, mm -hmm. But like, I never see people posting about jobs on Twitter, so I was like, I don't really know. They how won't this post goes. the jobs, bro. They will not post it. What they'll say is, "We're building X, Y, Z. Get excited about blah, blah, blah." So it's up to you to kind of be like, look into it. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, this is a cool company. Let me look at the careers page, or, or oh, this person is a design head at whatever company. Let me reach out to them in, in a DM. Let me show them some interest. You know, yeah. don't go, don't go, don't be like. Take it as like, throw hear my portfolio, LinkedIn. hear my resume, hear my LinkedIn. They don't want that. They they just want to yeah. see what you're about. You know, they just want to see if you're interested. You you're a cool person. You know, if they like their stuff, and if there's a fit, hey, why not? Mm -hmm. So when you say post on Twitter, is just like posting their work, like samples of their work on Twitter or what they're working on, or no, not necessarily. So leveraging social media platforms, and this goes for any of them. I've seen what a lot of people have been doing lately too is, you know, they'll create something instructional. I find to be very helpful. So if you're going to be helping and contributing back to whichever community that you are a professional in or going to be trying to aspire to do, if you learn something, share that back with the community. It could definitely help out other people that are trying to learn. Uh, I did something just recently. It was like, I, I didn't know how to make something so simple. It was a, not simple, but it was uh, just a simple UI of, you know, create like holographic cards. Mm -hmm. I looked at another tutorial and I put my spin on it. And then what I did is I created a tutorial and from within that tutorial, pushed it to the Figma community. From Figma community, I post that same link and some screenshots in Twitter. Did the same thing on LinkedIn. You would not believe the network effect that happens when you sh start sharing knowledge on these platforms. Mm -hmm. Even shout outs. 
yeah. just like yourself. You know, I'll, I'll shout you out on Twitter. Like, hey, doing a, a, a you know podcast with Dr. Loso, Carlos Elian. You know, I'm gonna definitely post this in my experiences and how much I actually enjoyed it. You know, I think other people would then like to know about that. Mm-hmm. I appreciate. It. Yeah. There's definitely a, a lot of good advice there about just how to use social media to, you know, mm-hmm. um, or leverage social media to, for for jobs and just getting your name out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. But I, I do want you to get into the um, first generation story. I know we had talked about that oh my earlier. God. You had mentioned you. I, I want to make sure we. <laughs> are you are you uh, is your family first, second generation or uh, just being no, here for a we're while? just descendant of slaves straight straight from mississippi hey man (laughs) i feel it i feel it um my my we've been here you've been here okay my folks have uh are are immigrants man uh my dad came from ecuador my mother is nicaragua or nicaraguan um okay so um my upbringing really played a part in how I make decisions and go about my life's philosophy when I am putting it to the work or whatever work that I am doing. It doesn't have to be towards design. It could be towards anything. Um, my dad always told me when I was growing up, you know, if you're going to do a job, you might as well do it right. You hear that all the time, right? Mm-hmm. But you know how hard it is to do a job right? It is very hard. <laughs> it is very, very hard, you know? And sometimes it takes longer than other times. But you know, when you get when you keep at it and you don't quit, uh, you're gonna find those shortcuts. You're gonna find those uh, you know, those loopholes when you can when you can go through the loopholes and then when you don't need to go through. Um, and not only loopholes, but knowing your audience, knowing who to have certain conversations with, who to you know uh, be a little bit more relaxed around. Who to you know um, be a little more professional. Um, early on, I remember no one really respected me. Uh, be applying for jobs, like, okay, yeah, it's great work. Um, you got some years under your belt, um, but you don't look like me. Basically, what they were kind of uh, the what they were insinuating when I was talking to them, and I only noticed when I started having conversations with other. Latinos or Latinas, Latinx, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. that I would be kind of pushed to the next stage a lot better. They understood me. They understood where I came from. So, mm-hmm. you know, nepotism is strong in the workforce. Yeah. Very strong. Leverage it. For sure. Leverage it. You know, yeah. understanding understand that audience, understanding, you know, we all connect on some, some type of level. Um, sometimes it's easier to connect, sometimes it's harder. So it's really knowing when, and like I said, mentioned earlier, when to code switch is going to be helping you in your career in the long run. Regardless mm-hmm. if you're code switching, your value is going to remain the same. You know, mm-hmm. you want to do the best work, you want to do this, you want to do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I think that's really, really important. I think there's like, I had this conversation earlier. Um, this year when I was in New Orleans for a, a workshop, mm-hmm. we talked about code switching <laughs> yep. and how 
and, you know, it sounds bad, but you go in, I feel like, at least for me, with the good intentions. But mm-hmm. like I say, good intentions never win. You know, you kind of have to play the game to some degree to advance, you know. So it's when the code, stuff like code switching come into play because um, I feel like until you get into that position of power to, like, make those changes and make that those things, mm-hmm. like, acceptable, mm-hmm. you know, you just kind of have to um, go in there and I, w- I would say another side of you not to be like not yourself but be just a more toned down version of carlos Carlos, not the yeah not the real one so um that was my big thing with with like what i'm doing now Mm -hmm. um i was like man i just want to go in there and just be real you know like be talking all kind of shit i was like that's really not going to work though you know when if i'm trying to get deals with these big corporate companies i can't be out here acting like cardi b just saying any and everything you know because mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> they're not catering to those type of people maybe for like this one-off thing or for a specific mm-hmm. target audience they might get somebody like that but if i want to have like perpetual business or income with mm-hmm. just say microsoft yep. um i can't be out here i gotta be dr loso and not los boogie um so you do have to understand that like code switching part of it because i think a lot of people just go in there and just like i'm just going to be myself and they're just going to have to accept me you know i think that works for some people and for a lot of people i don't think that necessarily works um i used to work with a um a a black guy and like you just talking Mm -hmm. like we just hanging out at work Mm -hmm. and i had to become you know cognizant of well i just can't be talking like this because other people don't necessarily get it or like it Mm -hmm. um so you know you have to be careful with that type of thing so now are you i know you're a first generation like american citizen but are you also a first generation college graduate yep Yep. nice i wasn't even trying to go to college i was (laughs) anti-school yeah i was i'm anti-school too i i did I, I finished high school and I was like, I don't even know what I'm trying to do. And my dog's walking around back and I, was like, I don't even know what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So I just, you know, I did a couple of things. I was an EMT at one time. It was an emergency oh, wow. medical technician. I was an auto mechanic, still fiddled with cars, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to just get a piece of paper, call it a day. I actually yeah. got out of school and I was like, you know, maybe we could fiddle with this design, but let's try to get a marketing thing. So I was just trying, doing too much, trying too much, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of, uh, it's kind of been that path. It's just, again, it's nonlinear. It's never linear. So Yeah. W- would you say that you are naturally like creative person or a technical person or a combination of the both? You know what, man? I I would. It's easy to say both to be a middle of the rotor, you know. Oh, both. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, I I do like things to be aesthetically pleasing, mm-hmm. but to make things aesthetically pleasing, they gotta work. How yeah. they work is the technical portion, and I like digging into those details. But I would like to say uh, I I do lean more visual, and I know there's tons of people out there that are way better than me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you just gotta recognize your strengths and just play to them. Yeah. Interesting. 
I see you got a Trapper Keeper in the back. What is that? I haven't seen one of those yeah. in a long time. It's a Trapper Keeper. So, like, Walmart, um, and I think they just started selling these at Target. But the past few years, they've been having, I guess, this whole retro thing with the Trapper Keepers. Oh. And okay. I've been meaning to buy one. So, I just got that because um, I had a Trapper Keeper when I was growing up, mm-hmm. um, going to school. So, I was like, oh, let me get get the Trapper Keeper and throw it up on the I remember them, them peaches. Remember the peaches? They were the, the small little folders that had uh, the athletes in front of them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The small little thin one. <laughs> and PTs It was, um, man, it was just so much like retro stuff that, like, I see on like Instagram or Facebook, like, mm-hmm. people are like, I'm this old, and they post stuff. I was like, oh, I forgot all about that. It's like I was telling somebody about um, Sports Illustrated for kids, because we used to get those. Um, in like junior high and high school, I think. Mm-hmm. And it would have like the little guy buzz in the back, the last two pages, like mm-hmm. the little comic strip, and he would be playing some type of sport. So it was just like all that nostalgic stuff. And I remember like the flair baseball cards or whoever made made them back then. But it's just like a lot of stuff that they don't really do. Now everything's just on the cell phone, cards and games and all that stuff. Um, so as a product, we don't even have to talk about a product, um, designer, but just in your jobs, I guess, what has been one of your biggest challenges and or successes? Oof. One of my biggest challenges. Oh man, it's not like an interview question. Man. God damn <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna hire me after this? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I would say, you know, one of the biggest challenges is again, it's just I'm just trying to get across the finish line, man. With whatever design mm-hmm. I'm trying to do, I'm trying to get across the finish line. Uh, and the thing is, so let me ask you, let me ask you this then: What does the finish line look like for you? The finish line looks like some product or some design whatever it may be small or big that is composable basically that it can be reused remixed but still be flexible enough so that the next person when they need to add a feature to that that it's still going to be maintaining its core set of features as opposed to a redesign when you get Mm. to a point where you go through a design you get to the finish line Six months later, you got to do a redesign on that thing or co- combination of things. That means your job, you didn't do a good job. And you could probably learn from that experience. So, you know, that all comes down to understanding, you know, that, that problem space with whatever you know, product that you're working with. If you're solving an issue on, you know, the, say the customer or the user, internal user, whatever it may be. Um, I think that's, that's probably where you want to focus in on. Um, I guess my biggest wins, man, is uh, I, I work for this company. It's called CloudX. They actually did a, kind of like a CRM integration type stuff. Sounds real boring. At the end of the day, their products were to help out other bigger companies uh, kind of move their you know, customer relationship management system from one to Salesforce. And uh, I was able to you know, build out a product that, to, uh, that helped them you know, move from uh, a three-month turnaround to about like two weeks. So I guess that was one of my biggest successes. Um, but again, that's that's like 
That's not fun. That's not fun, man. <laughs> you know what's fun is actually I'm working on a project right now that I would like to talk about. So the project okay. that I'm working Let's on right now, that's project that I'm working on right now. It's a, it is an AI project tailored to helping people learn. Uh, and what that means is I want to leverage AI and video. So let's just put it real simply. Uh, you're familiar with Rotten Tomatoes, right? Yeah. Why is there no Rotten Tomatoes for YouTube? Mm. Why is that? I'm trying to learn something. Why can I not? And 90, 89 people, 90% of people go to YouTube to learn. Why can't they learn? They're sifting. They're constantly going through videos. Yeah. Huh. So I want to be able to give people the way, uh, give people a, a tool so that they can be able to leverage, question the video, ask it questions, and it's going to be giving feedback as to, you know, maybe certain places in the video that they don't understand. Maybe it needs to be translated back to them in a certain way. You know, maybe it needs to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, transcribed to them, take notes, whatever it might be. There's nothing like that. There's a couple yeah. of different note-taking stuff, but you, you you can't have a conversation with that type of content. Uh, so that's something that I'm working on, uh, and uh, I'm excited for it. I'm really, really excited for it. I'm trying yeah, to I think this is... I'm trying to get this thing out of here like trying to get this thing uh kind of pushed out hopefully within the next couple of months but I mean I I, I just want to help people you know the biggest thing yeah. is want to help them learn yeah that's what's up that's what I mean for too just to help people like well not just to help people I'm trying to make some money off of this but um I, so I'm glad you mentioned the AI thing because I was checking out your your um Twitter and so I saw mm. that you made a post about the chat GPT four and the mm. um, creating a website from the mm. notebook. I have a lot of thoughts around AI and chat GPT, but what, what, what do you think about that? Like I, after I saw that, I felt like a lot of people were going to start creating OnlyFans accounts um, <laughs> because. <laughs> Explain to me that, that one. Is... <laughs> Let me hear this. I mean, I feel like it's going to put a lot of people out of work. Like that, that was pretty amazing. And I just look at chat GPT, like in its early, like it's, it's, it's in its early stages still, you know, um, mm -hmm. for it to just, uh, that, that kind of like blew my mind. And even, did you see this, the thing with the squirrel? When it's like, why is this joke funny? They put a picture and um, I think it was, I don't know if it was Discord or, or Twitch or whatever. But they put a picture in it in some type of way. They sent it to ChatGPT, and it said, this picture is funny because the squirrel is looking out out of binoculars instead of holding a nut. Typically, a squirrel holds like an acorn or some crap. I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it gets crazier when you say you are Drake GPT and write the next lyrics for this beat. <laughs> You're gonna start to see that, man. I swear to you, man. It's gonna be crazy. All fields it. are not gonna be, you know, yeah. safe from that that world. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and invest in some stocks and OnlyFans and just for fans now because I'm telling you, bro, <laughs> like that's gonna be the only type of work people are good for. But they're making sex bots now too, so I don't. Oh my god! I don't yeah. really. <laughs> hey, you know, if that's but, your thing, that's your thing. That's cool. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not. That's not my thing. The sex robots, like no. Oh no no no! I'm, I'm I mean people, like, just oh. people. No, not you, man. <laughs> no, 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 not you, man. I'm just saying people. That's their thing. That's whatever. That's cool. Um. <laughs> But no, I was I saw on YouTube because it's funny you say that about Drake because I saw a video on YouTube um, where they're using AI to have other singers sing like another. So it was like Mariah Carey singing "Listen," mm-hmm. like the Beyonce song, and what I guess basically what the AI was doing was like slicing up different vocals. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they did it, but it sounded like Mariah Carey actually singing mm-hmm. singing "Listen." Say this is too much between this and like the deep fake and because deep fake has been a while, just like you know, the facial stuff has been around for a while. And mm-hmm. then I saw somebody post something on Instagram of a company who had these models, and there's like these aren't real people. And they oh, yeah, like real. You saw that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, what the? It's, it's gonna be a crazy world, bro. We're gonna have to like have some real drinks. I'm gonna have to come to Oakland. We'll go to a bar. Get some, oh, I, like, know. I know exactly mics, the places to go, and, to, man. We just have a crazy episode. Oh man, that'd be cool to do. <laughs> Little impromptu, at yeah. The bar, talk session, chill session. Yeah, um, man, I see some some cool stuff with the ChatGPT. Man, it's uh, it's coming for a lot of jobs, but at the same time, it's gonna it's gonna make our jobs a lot easier. Um, yeah, I just like how right I mean, now it's just like creative. Like everybody, it's just they going crazy with this, man. It's crazy with it. It's going crazy. It's scary, but they're going crazy with it. Like, do I gotta like trademark my voice? Do I gotta trademark my my? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's Face. just like it, yeah. It might have to get there because you know, yeah. it, you know, it might get so real that no one can tell the difference between uh, reality yeah. in like a video. Yeah. 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 That's gonna be crazy. Like. Not even needing a, a VR headset to be in a virtual world because, like, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see where the world is going to be at in the next like five to ten years because this stuff is is like between Chat GPT three and four. It's like a mm-hmm. world of difference in what oh, you yeah. can do. You mm-hmm. know, so it's just it's crazy. I was talking to I was talking briefly to someone about um, how education is going to have to reform because this stuff isn't like Pandora's box has been opened. Like this isn't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And kids are going to be using this stuff for, you know, school. Like they're already talking about writing books with chat GPT. Like people are Mm -hmm. using it to write books and stuff now. So education is going to have to change to keep up with it. You know, is well, that's funny. It's funny that you said that because a buddy of mine, his, as soon as ChatGPT came out, within the first week, the, the school banned, you know, the site. You know, they said, you can't use this, you can't. And then you start seeing tools come out that said, can detect AI writing. And then other tools that came out to say, can humanize AI writing. Yeah. yeah. So it's <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> but the, that's the scary part is it's like, I think, like how you say, education has to have to change. I also had this conversation with a buddy of mine the other day, too. Funnily enough, over drinks. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm on alcohol. But anyways. you are going to start our own podcast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a bad idea, by the way. But he was talking about some wild shit. He was like, hey, man. And he's a, he's a counselor, I think, San Jose State. And he goes, 
the only good thing about this is that for short in the short term, schools got to get with it. In the long term, schools are going to have to change at the way the curriculum set up, the, the model of how they're doing grades and uh, accolades for the students getting good grades. That's going to be a thing or no more. They're going to have to teach critical thinking. Critical mm-hmm. thinking is what they should have been doing in the first place. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so maybe there is some good things to this, you know? Yeah. Well, and that, and that was my thing, too. I was saying um, schools are going to have to start teaching students how to be uh, researchers, how to discern if information that they're getting is, like, good, accurate, you know, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And then what do they do with that information once they get it? So, in mm-hmm. a sense, yeah, critical thinking, you know, is a big part of part of that because you just, I mean, I feel like people have kind of, like, reached their peak of um, – you know, like people say, we only use 10% of our brains and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, shit, if I use it anymore, my brain is going to explode. I don't know if I can unlock the 11%. <laughs> I might need a little help. <laughs> I might need a little help. Elon, let me get that chip. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I don't want the chip. But um, and but no, I think that we're going to have to become partners with technology because mm-hmm. When I look at stuff, I was watching this thing on Netflix about um, how, you know, we have reached the peak conditioning mm-hmm. of like the super athletes. Yep. So we have to wear like these aerodynamic and hydrodynamic suits and just like mm-hmm. all this other, like, I guess, uh, textile type of technology that helps in, in um, enhance human performance in, in athletics. So, um, yeah, I know this doesn't have shit to do with product design, but that's okay. You know, that's why I said it. It's all good. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm be real with you. There's so you said something about Elon Musk and getting connected up. Look, as far as I know, I don't want that. There's this book yeah. that I read in 2000, uh, I believe it was 2010, 10 or 2011. Was, I was taking a philosophy class, and uh, in philosophy classes, the book was called. Uh, uh, I think a, a singularity or something like that. The mm-hmm. author by the name of Ray Kurzweil. Ray Kurzweil is a uh, futurist technologist. Uh, he usually predicts uh, technology way before it even starts happening. He actually talked about meta, like metaverse, before that was even a thing. He was oh, talking I I about, about this guy. He was talking about connecting in with computers to combat AI because we're going to get to a point where we're not going to be able to control it. So yeah. the only way we're going to have to skip evolution is to buy connecting into it. And mm-hmm. think of like the matrix kind of deal. Like <laughs> I just learned Kung Fu. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that'd be pretty yeah. cool. I, I kind of want to learn it, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you know, so, this is my thing with AI. And I think people, are being short-sighted and, um, I guess, <clears throat> archaic in their way of looking at technology. Um, so to me, it's just kind of like simple. It's called artificial intelligence. People is not like we are creating a new scientific calculator. Like we're creating or they're creating technology that is supposed to be intelligent and smart and think like that's the goal of, mm-hmm. um, you know, of AI. And it's not like, oh, we're creating this new processor or this new software that can, you know, make these beautiful images like this stuff is supposed to be smart. So I, I think about it like if you believe in the theory of evolution, 
the single sale, like the single sale can't do what we can do as people now. And if mm-hmm. you even just take it more relevantly, the monkey, Neanderthal, you know, great ape, whatever that people evolved from, mm-hmm. like they couldn't think and comprehend, like where does a single sale get consciousness from? Um, and it, to me, it's kind of like that's happening before our eyes, but it's a different type of being, so to speak. Like it's a digital being. Um, it's somewhere in between kind of like this human state and this God state because in a sense, kind of like, I don't know if you watch anime, but like um, Ghost in the Shell or how you can oh, like just put your brain. so long. Yeah. <laughs> put your brain, like your brain can just be like shifted from one you know, save it on a hard drive or so or wherever mm-hmm. in the cloud and just move from one place to the other. I just spit a little bit. So but, um, that needs that conversation definitely needs for either some sort of alcohol because we can go crazy <laughs> with that. I swear to God, man, I got so many ideas about that stuff. I talk to my friends about that. Sometimes they look at me crazy. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you guys are crazy. I don't know. But I, I get you. It's like who who do we know? We could be in that right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I could just be playing a part in a, in a video game, you know? Yeah. You know, like you see all these pictures, but same thing, even from mid journey, you see mid journey before. That's like the, the image image AI thing. It almost looks uh-huh. like it came out of another world, man. Like, mm-hmm. are we creating many realities just within that time? Could that yeah. just be us? Like, was that us? Are we doing yeah. that? You know, it's, it's it's a Pandora's box, so it it's is. interesting, it, and uh, I don't know where it's gonna go. All I want to do is make my money, <laughs> finish my car, <laughs> educate others. That's all I want to do. So I'm gonna switch over really quick sure. to my sure. little lighten up section of the show and ask ask you um, a couple of. Would you rather questions? And yeah, first off, sure. first off, before we get into that, what do what do you listen to? What type of music? If we were to open up Spotify, Apple Music, you know, Google, I don't know. You might be an Amazon guy, Amazon Music type of guy. I don't know what you listen to. I'm on YouTube, man. They don't have the <laughs> okay, stuff that I like. Go. They don't have like the stuff I like on on Spotify. <laughs> if they do, it's hard hey. to find. So is it YouTube Music or just YouTube Premium? What you gotta do free. is just oh, okay. No, no, no I, I, you gotta pay for the premium, man. I hate it. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I got YouTube Music, uh, and so I kind of like what I do is like I just use you know, regular YouTube, and uh, I kind of like go down rabbit holes until I find music that I like, uh, mm. and then I start adding them into like playlists and whatnot, and then from there just you know, be able to pick it up on uh, YouTube Music. But uh, uh, to be honest, a lot of a lot of hip hop. I haven't broken down the hip hop, indie, um, um, some metal, punk music, usually. Um, yeah, man. I'm an open book, man. Whatever you want to listen to, you want me to recommend you some new songs? Uh, yeah, for I the can. listeners, what I want to do is create a playlist, like have everybody give me at least one song that can be found um, on Spotify and create a oh, playlist man. for. Oh, man. Can I look yeah. at the playlist? You can send it to me. You can send it to me later. Can I look at the playlist first? I haven't. I haven't created it yet. Oh, you haven't created. I just thought about oh, this okay. yesterday. I thought about it yesterday. Yeah, I want. That's to a have good idea. Everybody just give me. Yeah, I like that. That's a feature. Good idea. Yeah. 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 I, I got a couple of them, Mimi. You got a couple of them? okay. 
<laughs> okay. I, I got I, I go crazy down this path, but um, I guess for right now, I guess my go-to, um, what I'm just kind of like vibing, just maybe listen to some J. Cole, stuff like that. But uh, okay. uh, if I'm trying to like just go on some like, you know, like some hard shit, some whatever hip hop shit, I'll just look at like Zay Bang or something. He's like just like some hood ass rapper in like oh, Oakland, yeah, San Francisco. That's like Glorilla. Like I thought it was a dude at mm-hmm. first, and it was like, oh no, that's a a, a a woman. I was like, Glorilla. Like why was she name herself? Yeah, it's just you just gotta be all over the place, man. It's just like you gotta have some, you know, gotta have some range. And then I just listen to some, like, my range is like Jazz Tronica, um, Sith Outrun. Ooh. Um, yeah. Okay, I got I got stuff. I got some of that too. Yeah, I love the anime soundtracks and their music, whatever that's called. So I've gotten into that recently. I would love definitely R and B is my staple. Ooh, yeah. who's your favorite R and B artist? My favorite artist is Brandy, hands down. Everybody knows I'm a Brandy fanatic. So it, do you see know. her out there in um Carson? <laughs> Not Carson, okay. but um, where does she stay at in California? I can't. No, she grew up in Carson. I think she's in L A now. Yeah, but she's originally she was born in Mississippi, so you know. Stayed out there for a few years. Okay. So I'm inspired okay. to be another Mississippi great. I like that. You gotta give back. You gotta represent. Okay. Give back. So let me ask you your five questions before sure. I have to jump off of here. Yeah. Would you rather um everyone be required to wear identical silver jumpsuits or I don't like that question. This doesn't seem like the um... scratch. <laughs> scratch. Next. Um, would you rather be the famous author of Twilight or the famous writer of every Nickelback song? Oh, well, let's just put it this way. I think. Uh... Oof. Which one made more money? Can I ask that question? <laughs> Probably Twilight. Really? Oh man. The books and the movies. Um, you know, musicians. It's hard for them to get paid. They have to tour a lot. So I mean, you could just sit back and check your cash your royalty checks and mm-hmm. the streaming income you get from Twilight, the merchandise, the licensing. I mean, she just wrote a book, and he or she, whoever wrote it, now they're fifty rich. If I wrote the book, it's kind of like done deal. Like everything else comes in, checks come yeah. rolling in. You just gotta show your face, shake some hands. See, there you go, Nickelback. You but gotta keep writing songs. You gotta perform. You gotta keep writing songs. You gotta exactly, and that's cool too. But yeah. I would work on my writing if I was a Twilight writer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, each book would get progressively better if I was a Twilight writer. <laughs> Just put it that way. All right. So, um, would you rather be stuck in the woods with Slenderman or be stuck in the woods with Hannibal Lecter? Oh, probably Hannibal Lecter. I don't like mm-hmm. Slenderman. That's a little bit too paranormal for me. Hannibal Lecter is like I can. It's it's. Uh, I feel like I have a fighting chance. Slenderman, I ain't got no fighting chance. No way. Yeah. 
Would you rather have a robot help you raise your kids or have your kids grow up without a second parent? Why? Why? (laughs) I was in that kid's shoes, man. I was in that kid's shoes. Yeah. Yeah, my dad, you know, I mean, hats off. He's he's, he's still around. He came back into my life a little bit later, but he popped in and out. But, man, pretty much a single parent until I was like, 16, 17. Man, that story's crazy. Oh, wow. Um, I would choose a single parent route. I don't want no robot raising my kids. That's that's not cool. Yeah. You're asking me questions. Can I ask you the question? <laughs> what would you have? Man, that's that's <laughs> a tough one, man. I would definitely do single parent. I'm not a fan of the um. Of, um, of robotics and AI. Right? Yeah. I think it's cool, but uh, I think there's some wariness that needs to be had mm-hmm. there. Okay. Um, would you rather have a hard life or a boring life? Oh, man. I'd rather have a hard life, man. You can define hard anyway, but a boring life? Ain't no flavor, man. No flavor. (laughs) I like flavor. So, that is a hard life, man. In a hard life, you learn a lot. Become self sufficient. True. You learn a hell hell of a lot. True. Okay. So, would you um, rather drop the soap in prison or get shanked in prison? Reminds me of that episode of Boondocks. <laughs> oh my god! I just saw a clip oh about that on, um, like last week. I saw a clip on Instagram. About oh that. my god! <laughs> I'd rather get shanked, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> hey, I'm just asking the questions as they pop up. <laughs> Actually, that question came up, and I was interviewing uh, like a lady, and I was like, "Oh, I was like, this isn't a question for a woman. I need to ask this to a dude." So it popped up again. So you were you were the lucky guy that got that question. All right, I'll back it up. Anybody watching this, or I mean, anybody hearing this, watching this, go watch Moondocks. Watch that episode. <laughs> You'll know what I'm talking about. It's called soap drop. Or would you? Like that. <laughs> would you rather have no fingers or no elbows? Man, that's what. No fingers and no elbows. <laughs> what kind of? So I'm like stuck, like <laughs> like like that. Like it's just like all one bone. Man. Like <laughs> the just, man from Wizard of Oz. Is this just one bone? I mean, I guess I could. I'd be hard to throw a ball. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let me see. I don't know. I just think about like all the things that you couldn't do with without fingers. But then it doesn't really do you any good because if you can't bend your elbows, you can't really do those things anyway. Mm. Unless you have short arms. Mm. No fingers. No fingers. <laughs> you know why? You know why no fingers? We ain't gonna need it when we're connected up. <laughs> we're gonna be floating in the crowd. I'll have virtual fingers at that point. I'll be all good. Hey, that's true. 
Well, um, that's our, our time for today. I got to hop over here to the other one. I'm definitely going to have to have you back on um, and talk some more. We might have to do a special, though, and just, like, talk shit. I was telling oh, my friends I want to have a it. podcast called Oh Shit, where I just sit around and talk shit. So, um, <laughs> I'd love to do it, man. <laughs> we might have to do a spinoff. That'll be fun. I'm down. Hit me up. I'll be available. Cool, cool. So um, just tell everybody really quickly where they can reach you at online. Yeah, everybody, you can reach me at uh, go on Twitter if you got fingers and elbows. Just go on Twitter. Uh, my name is Rotsons, R-A-T-S-U-N-S. Yeah. So you can find me there. I'm not going to give my email. I don't want to get spammed. I don't want to hit up, be hit up and people trying to sell me stuff. So. Um. Yeah, and then you can find me there, and then you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, just hit me up on Twitter first. Don't find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> Let's put it out cool, that way. Cool, cool. <laughs> All righty. Well, Chris, thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. I had a great time chatting with you even through all the technical difficulties. So um, oh, I'll man, definitely be in touch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah don't for worry sure. About Have a good night, bro. I'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you soon, bro. Later. Bye. All right. Peace.